Hey everyone, welcome to But Why the Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the things in pop culture that people say matter and ask the question, but why though? Before we get started, we wanted to make sure that you take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe us on iTunes or wherever you listen. It's the easiest way for people to find us and it helps us hear your feedback. Beyond that, come and join our conversation on Twitter at ButWhyThoughPC and on Facebook, facebook.com slash ButWhyThoughPC. And if you like what you're doing and you want to support us a little more, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash ButWhyThoughPC. And if a monthly subscription is too much for you, make sure you check out our t-shirts. We have t-shirts open on TeePublic and available for purchase on our website through the merch tab, ButWhyThoughPodcast.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to But Why Though the Podcast, and today we're talking about the billionaire playboy philanthropist, Tony Stark, and the hero that is Iron Man. As always, I'm your host, Kate, and I'm here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Hello. And Matt will be bringing us through all that is Iron Man today. Awesome. (laughs) All right, so we're going to start this out with a question, as we always do. Have you guys heard of Iron Man before 2008? Because I keep being told apparently he did not exist before 2008. <laughs> <laughs> the side eye is strong. Uh, yes. <laughs> I guess I'll go first. Does um, Ozzy Osbourne count for Iron Man? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, m- I remember him from like some of the video games I used to play like back in the day, but like I never, I never picked up like an Iron Man comic. If that's like part of the thing but i remember him being showing up in like video games and some of like the cartoons and stuff but nothing like super you know in depth uh robert downey jr iron man is definitely my uh my iron man so if he ever gets recast i'm definitely gonna be on that hashtag of not my iron man when he gets recast fair enough yeah i definitely say he's a huge jackman as in you cannot replace him for that role Um, so for me, I knew of him as a part of the Avengers, because I saw the TV show, they had, or not the TV show, they had the TV movies, the Ultimate Avengers, and then I saw him in the Marvel games, and Marvel vs. Capcom, specifically, he has some pretty cool moves, um, but I knew nothing of, I guess, his background story, so I knew his powers, his suit, like, what he could do. But I didn't necessarily know who he was, like what he did, how he got that way. Um, I just never really uh, dug into it before I saw the movie. And the movie just kind of like lit a fire in me. It was like, oh my god, this is an amazing character. So You all missed out. <clears throat> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I knew this character obviously before 2008. I played pretty much... I didn't actually play a lot of the uh, fighting Marvel vs. Capcom games, but I didn't know he was in there. Uh, I saw all the Avenger movies that he was in, some of the cartoons and whatnot. He was just in a lot of scenes, especially with the Avengers, just random media at all times. 
especially I guess leading up to this movie in 2008 from probably about 2005 2002 2008 they like really pumped a lot of Iron yeah. Man out yeah. so I already knew pretty much the backstory of what they did and then obviously in the movie they updated it and everything else to fit the era yeah and a few other modifications which we'll get to yeah so, going from there, I guess we'll do a little brief history of the actual creation of, like, when he was actually created, not 2008. <laughs> but he was created actually in 1963 by Stan Lee, Larry Lieber, Don Heck, and Jack Kirby, which basically a writer and some artist. And his first appearance is in The Tales of Suspense, number 39, which was the first appearance when he had the silver uh, little... The costume. big bulky one? Yes, the very big, <laughs> like Iron Giant costume. Like the Hulkbuster before the Hulkbuster armor? Yeah, sure, <laughs> we'll go with that. The, yeah, never mind. Yeah, it wasn't... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I guess it's not as big as Hulkbuster, but it's clunky. Yeah, it was more the <laughs> clunky version. And so, his, uh, as far as alter ego, his name is actually Anthony Edward, or Tony Stark. And according to the comics, he was actually adopted, per se. Not actually as they portray him in what a lot of people know him as, the son of Howard Stark. And uh, I think it's Melinda, is that correct? It should be Melinda, yeah. I believe it's Melinda Trump. Martha? Martha. Martha! (laughs) (laughs) All mothers are Martha. Yeah. Martha Parker, Martha Stark. So we'll just go with, like, basically adopted, whatever. Basically he was raised, whatever, by basically the... Son of the wealthy industrious and the head of Stark Industries, Howard Stark, who was a giant, as basically almost an older version of what Tony ends up becoming. Um, they both die in a car accident, just the way they show, and he inherits a company. And he was a boy genius. He basically at MIT at age 15, 17, depending on you know what series you're going with. Basically got his PhDs in electrical engineering and physics, you know and basically, as we said, industrial. he's very smart. Um, when he takes a company of Stark Industry, he's basically the leader in selling weapons. So he uses all those degrees to make weapons and blow up a lot of stuff. And make money. Makes a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll get to. And then, kind of like the way the movie uh, portrays, if anybody sees, basically he gets eventually gets kidnapped and he's basically forced to use his weapons to make a massive weapon of destruction, which then he essentially... Which he then burns an armor to. I don't know why I wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> which essentially, through his weapons, he uh, basically takes apart and then essentially makes an armored suit with the help of an actual award, Nobel, ugh, Nobel Prize-winning physicist, which is kind of what they did different than the movie. Apparently, in the comics... Tony actually admired the guy that they had and admired his work. And with his help, he essentially makes a suit and escape. This was originally during the Cold War, and obviously, kind of as years gone up with a lot of comics, they've updated it to where they basically were in Afghanistan in the movie in 2008. Um, uh, just like in the thing, he's injured and shrapnel, and a shrapnel fragment is lodged, lodged into his chest. He said. Uh, award-winning physicist essentially makes basically a magnet chest piece so it prevents the shrapnel piece from reaching his heart. So that's another... <coughs> Sorry. So that's another change, too. Like, in the comics, Tony doesn't actually make his 
his chess piece. No, because in the same thing, in, in basically in the movie and in the comics, he does not make the chess piece. Oh, uh, okay. I don't remember him not making it. I thought he, I thought he made it with him. No, he woke up no. to having it in his chest. Oh, yeah. no, he, that's yeah. right. Because yeah, it was just, yeah, because it was just like the car yeah. battery. Okay. He just yeah. had like there a car battery thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. In both cases, yeah. he doesn't actually make it. Okay. This award-winning physicist. Yeah. Which in the movie they really portray it very well. Yeah. Of how they do that. Their yeah. relationship in the movie is really good. Yeah, yeah I'm kind of, I'm kind of like low-key glad I didn't read any comics before I went to go watch like 2008 Iron Man because they looked like they did it pretty well. And kind of even yeah. into like Civil War, like I didn't know that his dad died in like in the car crash in Civil War. And so like when I that that thing came out when that was like the Winter Soldier, uh, who like made that car crash, I was like, oh, oh, I think if I would have known if the like the, that Howard had died in a car crash before that, I might have been tipped off to that a little bit earlier. And I don't know if it would have had the same effect that it just does now. Yeah. Yeah. No. That was one thing that was really cool when I went to the movie in 2008 is, like, I already knew all this backstory, and so I knew it was going to see how they interest. Yeah. It was interesting to see how they were going to do it in this time frame versus how they obviously did it during the Cold War. How did it work for you? I thought it was very, did very well, honestly. As I said, as much as I really liked the way they did the movie. Yeah. I, I honestly think, like, personally that the movie – even though it does change some things, like, it's probably one of the most faithful adaptations when it comes to, like, personality and, like, look um, from anything I've seen, and including all the other Marvel movies, in all honesty. Um, yeah. So, we'll get to, I guess, his quote-unquote superpowers. He's actually not, like, a superhero. He's just a hero. Basically, he's very, very rich, and he's very, very smart. Which you'll learn... <laughs> if you haven't read any other comic, it's very, very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> so he has basically a genius level like uh, intellect, as we've said before. And he's a proficient scientist and engineer. And so basically just makes him a giant powered armor suit. With basically all the advanced weapons, flight, armor, you name it, everything. Another thing that was interesting that they did change, though, in the movie versus the comics is he actually, when he breaks out, is when he finds uh, Rhodey. Oh. Injured when he breaks out and he finds him injured but that's when he first meets I believe and he's not, they're actually not friends already the way that yeah. they do in the movie and what not I honestly want to say too I think I, I think I've read more of the adapted runs than like the actual like original Iron Man run which kind of makes sense because that was like way back when which is funny because honestly I cannot remember how I knew all this I just knew I knew all this, and I was excited for this movie. Marvel Ultimate Alliance? I mean, that's probably fair. But, I mean, even in the cartoons and other stuff, that's mm. probably pretty fair. Yeah. So, like, to me, this all was not a shock for some reason. Yeah. It wasn't until at a later date that people would tell me all this stuff, and I'm like, this was not surprising to me at all. <laughs> um, so we'll go through kind of some of the media portray, like going over a little of the pre-MCU and how he was actually, like, around even though people don't seem to know that and then we'll get into the mcu stuff afterwards a little bit touch on that before we get into a little bit of the but why those so i really want to do this because obviously as uh basically you all said nobody apparently knew who he was in our patreon exclusive episode the iron man review of the movie yeah i i like i said i don't know i just said but as far as no uh the comics he had basically started in 1968 with his own solo because he was actually kind of in some of the other ones and it ran all the way to 2013 basically just an Iron Man comic 
had 336 issues. He also basically kind of branched in, that was like volume one and so. And then they had another long issue of Iron Man volume three, which ended up being 89 issues. It ran from 98 to 2004. There obviously was a volume two. I think it was only 13 issues. So these were just some of the, like the longer-ish runs that he had. So to be fair, he really didn't, I mean, he had obviously the long run, but even only 336 issues out of that many years is actually not that many. Yeah. So, but where he comes out big is obviously in the Avenger comics. I don't really know exactly how many issues he's in because trying yeah. to debate I would, which I would ones. I personally say for a long time, Tony's in almost every single Avenger comic, which is why, like, personally, when I knew him, I knew him as an Avenger. I hadn't read a solo comic of him ever. <laughs> Which is funny because he's actually, I don't believe, in the very first set of the Avengers. Mm-mm. No. Uh, well, a lot of the people we have now are not. Like, Cap, contrary to the name of his damn movie, is not the first Avenger. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I'm just going to go with between 1963 and kind of like now-ish run. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. But one of the main things with the Avenger comics was... What people, I mean, people seem to realize is he was, uh, when they decided to do this whole Civil War thing, which obviously they did in the movies, he was selected yeah. to be basically the main, one of the main people to, in that. And I, I don't know, I feel like that is actually a big deal that people just don't actually bring up yeah. much. No, I, I think you're right. And I think, I think in like the comic conversations I've seen, like specifically in, on comic book Twitter, like they don't necessarily talk about Civil War as much. They say, oh, I mean, yeah, he had Civil War, but other things. But Civil War is, like, in and of itself, with Infinity Gauntlet, like, one of the pivotal Marvel events. And I think the fact that, obviously, we've talked about before in all these shows, the licensings and issues and everything else. But when it came to the comics, they pretty much had everybody. Yeah. And they still chose him. Yeah. So, I I don't know. I guess that just, to me, like, you could have chose... I mean, not that other people didn't play a huge role in it. I just feel like... Yeah. They had everybody to choose from. Yeah. I mean, I think, too, I think one of the things that the Avengers comic sets up, and it's something that the MCU has done well, is just the way Tony is, like, not Cap. Like, they're the same person morally, but they act out those morals in very different ways. So, like, they kind of fit each other on opposite ends. Um, And then, like, Frank Castle, as we talked about in a Punisher episode, just comes into Civil War, like, from the completely left field from both of them. Pretty much. (laughs) So... Um, so that's about the comic. Going to the TV shows, uh, I've actually seen a lot of these, except for, like, the first one. Apparently the Marvel superheroes in 1966, a nice little short run. Obviously, you have not seen that. He was one of the few, uh, uh, basically heroes that had his own TV show in the 90s from Iron Man, basically 1994 and 1996. He ran along with the Spider-Man, the X-Men, I believe the Fantastic Four as well. And then, obviously, there's plenty of other guest appearances on various different shows. I have no idea why I do not remember that animated series. I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know why either. Probably because Spider-Man's going on at that time. Like, yeah, no. I mean, I think it might. Obviously I don't think it got televised. Sure. Well, I don't know. Maybe you'd be able to tell us that. But I don't. What like where was it televised at? Because I don't remember. Because I watch Sunday morning cartoons all the time. Fox Kids. I, I'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah, it was on the same stuff with Iron Man. Or excuse me, with the Spider-Man and uh, X-Men. X-Men. I could be wrong on that, yeah. but I'm pretty sure because they ran them all together. Yeah. They're that's all in the same time frame. Yeah, that's really interesting because I watched the hell out of like Spider, uh, both Spider Mans that they did, and um, I got that time, and X Men, and I, I remember what he looked like animated at that time, but I don't like, I don't remember if I ever actually watched a show. 
which I don't know if it's just because it like it just blended it into my other two shows, which those two are like my favorite like right. animated cartoons ever. So it could have just gotten lost in the goodness of everything else. Yeah, who knows? And then we go to the little cart cartoon where they basically made a uh, Marvel decided from 2006 to like uh, I don't remember about 2010. They made a bunch of little movies. They of, tried to be DC. Yeah, they basically <laughs> made a bunch of animated movies, and they made Ultimate Avengers the movie in 2006. Which is not a bad movie. Ultimate Avengers 2, Rise of the Panther in 2006 as well. Also not that bad of a movie. And The the Invincible Iron Man, which is alright, in 2007. And then they had two little other shows, which are kind of the ultimate kitty of shows. They're in 2008. I count them pre-MCU because they basically released a few months after the movie. So I'm not really sure like when exactly... Whether it's before or after, but it's pretty much right along the lines. To make this, you probably had to be worked on this before the movie was yeah. released. And that's the next Avengers Hero of Tomorrow. I don't like that movie. No. It's basically the uh, Avengers All as Little Kids. It's the, Is that the one All as Little Kids, or is it the one where it's their kids? I believe it's their All Little Kids. Okay, I don't remember that. I remember... Okay, then I don't think I've seen that one. I thought that that one was the it one could be where, the one like, all, Cap and Scarlet's kid and, like, the Vision is over watching them all. I mean, it could be that one, but I could have sworn it was the one with their kids. Or um, with the... the when they, they were, are kids. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Damn it. I don't know. And then Iron Man Armored Adventures, which, surprisingly, the first season to me is not that bad. And then the last part of it's kind of pretty bad. It only lasted two seasons. I just couldn't get through that animation. I mean, you do weird. get Pepper Potts in a pink uh, iron suit. Wait, what? Yeah. I kind of feel like I need to go find that episode. Yeah, no, she ends up becoming, it's her, Iron Man, and uh, I believe it's Rhodey. They all get their own colorful suits. Oh. At the end. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I sadly watched all that in two days. Sounds like a cartoon. Yeah. And so that one you only put... so Because I know that he's in a lot more animated stuff. That's just because this is all the stuff that takes place before the MCU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. obviously there's other few guest appearances on other stuff. But these were just specifically movies that you can definitely tell he's in here. And this came clearly before like 2008. Okay. Or right at the time. I'm assuming okay. the last two were being... They were already yeah. made or being made at this time okay. when they leaked. I think technically, I think some of these... The next heroes might not have officially been released until 2009, but, but they had already been debuted at conventions in 2008 okay. and were made. Okay. Only, I only say that because Earth's Mightiest Heroes is my favorite animated Tony. And I believe that's after this. Yeah, that's, I think yeah. it's like 2012, 2013? Yeah, I thought of 2010 or oh, 2012. Maybe. I thought of 2010 to 2012. Okay. I, I could be wrong. I watched it on Netflix, so that dates mean nothing to me. Yeah, pretty much. And then, obviously, to the video games, which is why I think people, at least from what I know and talk to people, this seems to be where a lot of people know him. And just because he was seemed to be very OP in some of these he games. He was. In Marvel vs. Capcom, he was insane. Yeah, and that's why I was just like, people like, I don't know Iron Man. I'm like, if you played any video games, especially the Marvel games, you knew who Iron Man was. And basically, Marvel Super Heroes, 1995. Marvel Super Heroes, War of the Gems, 1996. He actually had his own little game, Iron Man and XO, Man of War and Heavy Metal in 1996, which is a crazy little game. It's like Japanese Iron Man, I believe. And then Marvel vs. Capcom 2, New Age, of, New Age of Heroes 2000, The Invincible Iron Man 2002, Marvel Nemesis, Rise of the Imperfects in 2005, 
probably the one of the best Marvel games of Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2006. Which, by the way, there's Marvel Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2. If you are a Marvel fan, you want to even just learn about the Marvel Universe in general. I mean, some the games do have some bugs and flaws, but I would definitely recommend playing those two games alone. You can learn so much, basically, even general comic knowledge, let alone just playing the story of comic knowledge. And then, obviously, guest appearance in other various games. He's actually guest appearance, and you can find him in that Punisher game we talked about on the Punisher episode. Huh. Interesting. Well, basically, as much as people don't realize... Iron Man's around. Stark Tower is huge. Where do you think people get to go? <laughs> so, yeah. Whew. Uh, any questions or anything on that? I just want to say... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. I was just looking. Um, so, Iron Man, the, tel- the animated... Also known as the animated series. Uh, yes. Was part of the Marvel Action Hour. Which That's what in- I thought included um, the first half hour of Iron Man and the second half hour of Fantastic Four. But this says it's from the Genesis Entertainment, which like becomes an affiliate of Fox, which was formerly New World Entertain or New World Pictures or something like that. So I don't even know if it was I don't know if this was like on everywhere. Because like, if you look at Spider Man the animated series, like it says it was on Fox Kids. Um yeah. So I don't know if everyone was everyone got Iron Man the TV series like on their TV. Yeah, maybe that's why I don't know about it. Yeah, that's I knew it was part of the hour thing with uh, because we're in the Fantastic. Yeah, it was definitely Fantastic Four. You were definitely right with that. But it was like some Fox affiliate channel, not like Fox directly, from what I can see. Okay. Because I do remember seeing animated Fantastic Four, but I remember seeing them in the Spider Man series. Yeah, because there is a crossover with. uh, the Incredible Hulk television series and yeah. the Spider-Man. So yeah. okay. that's where I remember seeing him like first was like in that crossover with the Spider-Man, but okay, I never so saw his actual TV show. I think actually after this movie came out, they actually like rebooted that whole thing and like put it in syndicate and put it all over again. The, yeah. The they, Marvel movie? The Iron Man. Yeah. They oh, put okay. it on. I think, I think they put it on like Disney XD or yeah. something yeah. From, oh, from what I was seeing. Yeah. Okay. Or Toon Disney or something like that. Yeah. Cause basically once he took off after the MCU, they went back and grabbed their like, Oh yeah. Remember this guys? Yeah. I would also like to say that uh, Marvel Superheroes War of the Gems is really cool, and it's Infinity War, but like it's just a fighting game, so you don't actually get a lot of story, but it's really, really fun, and it's like a really great animation. Um, but So I remember Marvel Nemesis, Rise of the Impacts. I can't remember if I played it, but I remember it coming out, and I remember the concept was really cool, but I just don't remember what happened if the game was any good. I had Rise of the Imperfects, but I don't remember anything about it, so that may say that it wasn't. Yeah, because I remember they took basically, <laughs> I believe it was EA took all, they just made up their own little supervillains yeah. and they fought them against Marvel. Yes. Yeah, I remember nothing of it, though. I remember I had it on my shelf. Yeah, I do remember it. I was just like, because I remember the concept, but I was like, I don't remember if this game was any good. But I do remember Marvel Ultimate Alliance, despite the fact that it had some horrible bugs was an amazing game. Even though sometimes over top thing. Because they played it just like the X-Men 1 over the top screening yeah. and everything else. For anybody, I think it was X-Men Legends, I believe. Yes, I loved X-Men Legends. So, so we'll get to the big thing. The MCU. 
because basically this is when Iron Man was apparently created for apparently a lot of people. <laughs> and as we said before, he was played by Robert Downey Jr. This was made by, uh, started with the movie of Kevin Feige, I believe, and yeah, John... Uh, yeah, Kevin, Kevin Feige is Feige. the like uh, the head producer. Right. And then the director of John... Uh, John Favreau. John Favreau. Is the director. Yeah. So, you have Iron Man 1, 2008, Iron Man 2, 2012, Iron Man 3, 2013. 2010. Iron Man 2 was 2010, is that what I said? That's what you said. Yeah, you said 2012. Oh, excuse me. Iron Man 1 of 2008, Iron Man 2 of 2010, Iron Man 3, 2013, Avengers 2012, Avengers Age of Ultron 2015, Captain America Civil War 2016, Avengers Infinity War, which will be released in a few months, next month. 2018, then he obviously makes guest appearances and cameos in The Hulk in 2008, which apparently that movie does not exist. Nope. And Spider-Man Homecoming in 2017. And basically from 2008 when this movie came, basically his popularity skyrocketed because this movie and everything, he grew tremendously and he ended up in a lot more games, a lot more TV shows were made, and actually quite a few more comics and especially like more of the like interesting type comics where you get like superior iron man or something and like weird suits and he came in some other weird movies like iron man techno four and other (laughs) types of stuff but they start throwing iron man with everybody yeah after this i mean you can look up probably any list now from ign you'll be like he's a number top rated like third rated avenger he's like the 11th best comic book character now literally because of the MCU at this point. Yeah. Which, so that's about it, huh? I was going to say, did you want to do the, the fan, but why those for the pre-stuff, and then after, when were you going to? Yeah, I was going to, one, what you guys, if you had anything first. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, the only question I have, um, are there any important people that wear the Iron Man suit that I should care about? That are, yes. like, formerly Iron Man, and not, like, you know, uh, not like Rhodes or when Pepper Potts throws on like her pink one. Um, so basically, Happy, who plays by, played by John Farrow, actually wears a suit quite a bit in the comics. Are you telling me that I might get John Favreau in an Iron Man suit in this universe? You sh- well, you should have because a lot of times, actually, he didn't actually tell that everybody like he was Iron that he was Iron Man, and he just said it was like his random bodyguards or like a machine. And then he would basically, Happy would hop, hop in there and go be Iron Man for a minute while he was like at a press conference be like, it's not me. But yes, oh, yeah. Happy. But this Happy Hogan's a lot more ripped than uh, John Favreau. <laughs> Sorry, John, but true. like, that dude's pretty jacked. It was funny when I was uh, making this, when I'm doing these notes, because like, oh, why'd they not mention Harold Hogan and all this stuff and Happy? I was like, who is this character? That's weird they left him out. Because I was looking at the picture of how they portrayed him, and then I realized, oh, that's that's uh, John Favreau. That Favreau. That doesn't look anything like. I was like, oh, yeah. this is why I missed this. Oh wait, but, Deadpool puts on the thing at one time too. Deadpool Man, puts on everybody's thing at need, one time. We though, need some so that crossover. Really <laughs> yeah, but like, I've never wanted him in anything more than an Iron Man suit, just <laughs> jerking around in an Iron Man suit. I need that crossover like yesterday. So, so far as I know, in I'm sure, like, correct me if I'm, like, at me if I'm wrong. I really don't think until you have Ironheart, you have a substantial replacement for Tony. Like, as in, like, in the suit. The only people I know are really happy in Rhodes. Yeah. As far as I really know. That I can think of. Yeah. 
Now, there might have been a few more people that donned something and whatnot in the automated suits and whatnot. But as far as, like, an actual replacement or, like, other thing else, or, like, a, you know, like, this person will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. I was talking about, like, like yeah, 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 like, it's, like, a passing of the torch kind of thing. Like, yeah, someone no. who, you know, wields Captain America's shield kind of nope. thing. Nope. Yeah, no. Like, all you have the is The best Riri. is about happy. And that's about it. Well, and now Riri Williams. God, yeah. I need, I need <laughs> that so bad. I need John Fett in Iron Man suit. So does Happy? So does Happy actually do Iron Man stuff, or does he just wear it while? No, he actually him? does Iron Man stuff. Okay. Yeah. No, he actually. There's quite a few times where he actually goes into battle and fights, and especially when we get to kind of some of his problems and whatnot, of like some of the downsides of his character yeah. that we're happy ends up having to do things. Yeah. Okay. Because like I guess like what I'm just trying to point out is like with Riri and. Um, which I guess technically it's not even the mantle of Iron Man. It's the man. It's, it's Iron Heart. Like it's a completely different name. So I guess with just like with those two even being within the vicinity and maybe War Machine, like there are like so many Captain Americas and so many Spider Men, but there's technically only really one Iron Man. Like maybe that's by why that he's mantle. great because they didn't decide to make seventeen million of them. Yeah. I don't need fifteen million of the same character. But yes. You can talk louder and not sound so angry. <laughs> I'm not angry. <laughs> I just don't care about a lot of the other characters. <laughs> you, you, you don't you don't want a whole bunch of Iron Man family with a whole bunch of his like like illegitimate kids coming out of the woodwork to like Iron Pig. Be... <laughs> nope. I might take an iron dog. That's about it. Iron pig. Iron pig. That's what we need. <laughs> But yeah, so so basically, we, we as we do, we always read our fan, but why those? And since we have a, quite a bit, I kind of want to read some of them now, going from like the people that were basically liked Iron Man before we get into like all the MCU stuff, just because they're obviously like other. There were people that actually liked Iron Man before 2008, and so I'll read a few of those to get started. So the first one will be the superhero personification of a military of the military industrial complex, uh, morally sound ethically dubious stark struggled to maintain legal ownership and oversight over his tech while preventing systematic abuse echoes very real concerns re public security being entrusted into the private hands from ramsey's reign from ramsey's reign which is a very good point considering a lot of his stuff too which is basically people trying to steal his tech yeah and him trying to make sure he turns it over to the right people too or just turn over nobody yeah. But yeah. I'm just saying, like, you can't omit turning it over to, like, the right people because of the whole Civil War thing. Yeah. Which are, he has the right people. I use right people in quotation marks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the comics, I love the old arcs from Doom Quest, Demon in a Bottle, Extremist, Civil War 1 and 2, etc. I was the only kid who loved the animated series in the 90s, <laughs> and I'm still not ashamed. Uh, in the MCU, he tried to do it right, but sometimes it it cost at Upper Town Roamer. Uptown Roamer. Uptown Roamer. I can't read some of the names. It's fine. I'm telling you. It's reading, I, I will correct you. I'm telling you, reading, I love the fan, but why those? I swear, reading from Twitter. It's not their fault, just because I know they have limited characters, but man. But I will say this, though. We found out why you're the only kid who loved the 90s animated series. <laughs> it's not your fault. I told you, these people do exist. 
the way he overcame his issues and later became a better person with every step he took inspired me so much. His character helps a lot of people, including myself. And I'm not even going to try it now. At Gourmet Lecti. Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm sorry. I apologize that I can't pronounce your name. <laughs> Iron Man's story is a redemption story. He overcame alcoholism, alcoholism, an abusive father, and severe trauma. He's a generous person. He gives everything that he has to his friends. He uses his privilege and resources to try to make the world a better place. He's a big damn hero. At Captain Shellhead. Man, I feel like my Captain. name... My, my, my Twitter name must really suck. So Captain people, Shellhead. I think people got better creativity than that. <laughs> <laughs> An armed dealer and war profiteer risks destroying his business to do the right thing and keep his dangerous tech out of the hands of the bad guys. Yes. At Mark E. Sutter. You got that one. That was an easy one. <laughs> um, he takes all the trauma he's been dealt and he tries the best to turn it into something positive and help people. He fails a lot, but his intentions are good. And that was from one of our lovely bloggers, Ash, even though I can't pronounce what Ad her... Ersatz Ash. Thank you. <laughs> I know her as Ash. <laughs> She's amazing. Go read her stuff. Yes. Uh, he feeds into my showy, egotistical side. Plus, it's always interesting to remember uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s checkered past and compare it to now. I'd like to see hashtag Iron Man as an alcoholic in the MCU, but it'll never happen. And that is at Joe underscore Fro. And the reason I put that in there is because the alcoholism the, the alcoholism part is so much embedded in the comics. Yes. So, like, the only reason you would... Like, I mean, you get a little bit of Iron Man 3, but the only reason you know that it was, like, very, very severe is if you read the comics. So, he was obviously a fan before. Another one of those Disney chickened out. I think it's a pretty good arc in Iron Man 3. He just d- isn't an alcoholic for like an extreme, like he's a playboy alcoholic. But you, you definitely don't get really a lot of the alcohol in there. I mean, in the first one, literally everybody who's like talks to him says well, you were you were drunk when you met me last. You were drunk. You were drunk. You were drunk. Like they said that the entire first movie. Yeah. And then he like fights with Rhodey in the house and breaks it. Because he's See, that one, definitely, yeah. Part, yes. Yeah. I guess it's like depression drinking and functioning alcoholic. Those are the two things that they show in the MCU. Yeah. Uh, Tony is a futurist. He says it all the time, but he actually means it. Tony envisions a better future for humanity where he and the Avengers aren't needed. Everything he does, every mistake he makes is... <laughs> I thought that was like a song. Um, every step you take. Uh, every mistake he makes is in pursuit of his of this goal. Tony wants a better world at Dragonfire XL17, which I actually really like that one because that is true of the like futurist thing, and it is great that he always thinks, especially when it comes to like the tech and moving forward with all, everything he does. So thank you all for your fan, but why though? Especially for the people that knew him before 2008. <laughs> I also want to clarify that just because we did not read yours and you submitted it doesn't mean you didn't know him before 2008. You just referenced the movie, which it's okay. If We're going to read them later. You. I know, but I'm saying within this section because they might have known. They just didn't bring it up. Yes. All right. So get to the, to the best part of our show and the most important part of our show, the but why those in general. So we'll start off with basically the Avengers, which, as we all have said, basically is where we all kind of know him from. He's a founding member of the Avengers in most cases. Obviously not all, but he's definitely probably one of the more famous, most famous Avengers. Yeah. Um, he's usually the 
as I use in quotations, leader of the Avengers, but can, and I like to say, but can clash with other members. And the reason I say this is because even though he's a leader, there's quite a few times where a lot of the other Avengers hate him and don't like him at all, and some of them don't even respect him. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go as far as saying they don't respect him. I would say that they just think he's too full of himself. Like, Tony is somebody who always has answers. Right. And, like, as a, like, that that's, like, his downfall as a leader. Like, he doesn't listen as much as he should. Um, which is why, like, him and Cap, if they're on the same team, are always in contention for a leader. Correct. Because um, Cap's the opposite. Yeah, but it's just interesting. I like to say the quote with leaders because it is one of those. Like, it's one thing to, like, him and Cap butt heads on, like, leadership style yeah. versus say, but another thing when he literally argues with almost every member a lot of the times. Yeah. And so the best part that seems to be where people, even though they try to, like, say this thing, like, basically without him, there there are no Avengers from the standpoint of he funds everything. Say what thing? Because you said say this thing. What? Oh, you said people try to say this thing, and I didn't know what thing you were, like, what okay. you were talking about. Try to see it. And then comes to, like, the next part of people kind of seem to forget, say all the time that they don't really know Iron Man and whether he exists, but basically without him there are no Avengers from the standpoint that he funds everything. Stark Tower is usually the base of operations in a lot of these things. All their equipment, their gear, their tech, everything's pretty much funded by him. So essentially he's like Batman using um, Wayne Enterprises to fund the Watchtower. Pretty much. So it's one of those, we're like, oh, we don't need Iron Man, we got the Avengers. I'm like, yeah, you run around with that backpack. You don't got any money to fund anything. Best we know a lot of the people in Marvel that are, seem to be broke. Actually, I think the majority of Marvel superheroes are broke. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was like, they don't have a lot of money. There's not many. I guess, I guess I technically mean, Iron Fist has money, but he doesn't. Black he's not Panther over. has money. But a lot of times he's not over here. I know, because he's like, I'm going to go take care of my own stuff. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, you got and five. Banner has like a whole bunch of PhDs, but he's poor as hell. Yeah, Banner broke. Well, you're going to have Spider-Man fund you with his, you know, like. With those daily... Newspaper <laughs> money? <laughs> yeah, no. Like, it, it's kind of funny. List, I guess that's another thing with playing all the games and seeing a lot of the stuff, especially with him involved in the Avengers. That when you hear the stuff, like, he wasn't a big name. And I'm just kind of like, there are no Avengers. You can't afford anything. Yeah. I would also say specifically, like, the argument that he's referring to that he wasn't a big name is one that we've seen a lot in... Because I just kind of contextualize it. Because in our Patreon review that we did for Iron Man, we got into this discussion. And it has a lot to do with, um, like, the way comic book Twitter sees him. Um, and some of the discussions within the um, Do You Even Comic Book family on Twitter. Um, use the hashtag. It's awesome. But, uh, yeah. And kind of how they situate him as being, I guess, like, absolutely nobody knows him. I fall somewhere in the middle where I'm pretty sure a lot of people have heard of him but don't know his story to latch on to it. But they say, like, pretty much absolutely nobody knew him at all. And resume. It was like Justice League where the Flash apparently had a $200 million suit but didn't have a job. He's fast enough to steal it. (laughs) Why do all things lead back to Justice League? That's how bad that was. But you're right. Like, all of our superheroes, like in the Marvel Universe are kind of act like real people. Like, they brought Bruce Banner, who was, like, in a third world country helping people. They didn't just, like, pull him out with, like, a, you know, million-dollar space suit that could apparently go to space, but somehow this kid has it. Like, 
I don't know. It, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I think it just goes to the fact, and we've said it before on the podcast, and this isn't a knock against DC, because DC has, like, superior villains, but, like, the Marvel heroes tend to be more human, and so, like, there aren't a whole bunch of rich people running around, and they all seem to be interconnected with each other. So I'm saying, besides maybe Iron Fist, depending on how they do that, what they're running, they're I mean, doing. Thor's a god. What's he gonna do on Earth? He's gonna give him. What's he gonna give him? Some Asgardian money? He's yeah, gonna walk up and say, "I'm Thor." Oh yeah, yeah technically he is rich. I mean, have you like that? That bridge is probably made of all like straight up gold. Like <laughs> Heimdall's entire suit is gold. Come on now. My bad. I forgot we we're getting our Asgardian currency in here. Not like Argonian. Asgardian. I said Asgardian. Oh, I thought you said Argonian. <laughs> you know, that's the new version of Bitcoin. Because they're paying Asgardian for everything. gold. Yeah. That's what they brought back with them in Thor Ragnarok. Just a whole bunch of Asgardian gold. Pretty much. Make the re- the market ripe when Thanos comes. Which I just find it funny because, like I said, that it, that seems to be something, like, people kind of skip over a lot. I mean, yeah. everybody knows he's rich and everything, but people tend to forget that he does pretty much houses and funds yeah. pretty much everything the Avengers do. Because, like, at least, like, we brought up Justice League, how Batman does it. Everybody knows this. Yeah. But people seem to tend to forget that in the Avengers that... Tony Stark does it. Now, obviously, the MCU, they show quite a bit, and they've done better at it, but it seemed like before that, like especially with some of the media, that, oh, yeah, where are we at again? Yeah. No, I mean, I think there has been kind of, like, an effort to remove, like, Stark's name from everything, like, in a way to, it, like, comic-wise, but Stark tech is still very much a thing, like, across the universe. Right. Right? So, like he is there in the universe even if it's just like his tech um but i also think too like i think the fact that the marvel characters like they don't harp on stark funding everything because a lot of them like they only get stuff when they're with the avengers versus when they're off like being super poor by themselves like captain america is like 100 years old and probably hadn't had a job since 1935 he doesn't need a job he's captain america he was war propaganda he makes all the money yeah that and like there are legit bums who just sit in the Avengers Tower. Yo, he's like a legit war criminal. Like Hannibal <laughs> Buress told me so. So I don't think he's making any money. Oh my god! You know Luke Cage when it's like a business, he's banking. God, fresh out of fresh out of prison. Yeah, <laughs> Luke Cage is making so much money in this universe. Parker is making so much money. Uh, who else? Jessica Jones's ass is making so much money. Uh, yeah, you know, I, the funny thing is about the bums in Stark Tower. I swear, in a lot of the games, Jessica Jones is always one of those bums. She sitting is. In the Stark Tower. But I, I digress. In, by bums, I, I mean specifically Cap, Banner, and Thor. Usually, just chilling in there, <laughs> paying no rent. You know, just there. Thor's got Bitcoin. Don't matter. <laughs> As Guardian Bitcoin, make it happen. All right, so let's move on here. So going to the actual characterization of like matters because he's, he's a very we kind of mentioned a little bit, but kind of now we get into it more of like he's a very which I also found interesting that he's a very interesting character, and I think the MCU definitely brought that to light. But I guess people have always said it was like never really I guess translated well into comics. Obviously, people who read it well yeah thought it did, but it was surprising that he didn't pick on more for how many flaws and for the way he's portrayed a lot. So pretty much as we kind of said. He's a wealthy playboy, and he's pretty much a dick. Yeah. So the but why though here is his characterization. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. Okay, I didn't hear that. <laughs> um, he's pretty much he's very arrogant. 
he definitely starts out as very selfish. Uh, he definitely, he, I mean, eventually as his arcs go well, but he starts out as very non-empathetic. He doesn't really relate. He kind of does whatever he wants to do. Yeah. And he kind of lets everybody know that he's the smartest person in the room. <laughs> I mean, that stays there even after his character arc. Yeah, yeah, I know. That but, last one stays there. Well, I know that, but it's one of those, like, he's just pretty he's much... He's not relatable. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's relatable in a lot of ways. Well, he's relatable to you, but to the wider <laughs> audience, he's not relatable. Like, I would say, like, because of how he starts out, like, just specifically, for, like, not even taking into the rest of his arc, I've had people, like... I've seen where people are like, yeah, I read the start of his arc and I could, I couldn't do it. Like, I, I can't, I can't get behind that. Um, like, I think one of the people who commented on our thing was like, shitty person, nice suit. <laughs> <laughs> which is fair. Which is funny because, I mean, basically, like, it said, like, Dan Lee, when he basically created this character, he wanted to make the quintessential capitalist. Yeah, he did it. Yeah, and that's what <laughs> he was going for. And then when they did it back in the times, it was kind of... Well, it is. It was definitely something different, as we kind of just had this whole discussion about everybody else is poor. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, it was cool. I mean, I guess he really wanted that character, Capitalist. I mean, as you've said, told me before, that apparently this is one of Stan Lee's favorite characters. It is Stan Lee's very favorite character. Yeah. And I guess fun fact of that, it kind of modeled after Howard Hughes. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And he definitely, and like you said, he's basically a character against all the times of when he was created. Yeah. And so, I mean, I can totally see why it goes against, I guess, the grain and why it can definitely turn some people off. But it's fun, yeah. super interesting he made this. Yeah. I think, too, like, I think a lot of the turnoff came from that he just didn't have writers, like, good writers for yeah. a while. Like, there's a long period where, like, you just get Dick Tony. So. Dick Tony's cool. <laughs> I saw Iron Man 1. <laughs> okay, well, for people who are not Matt. <laughs> and then, obviously, the other side of the coin is, basically, he had plenty of personal problems. We've kind of already spoke on his alcoholism. He has a lot of depression. He suffers from PTSD from a lot of different events. He has a lot of self-loathing. I mean... We said he's the smartest person in the room a lot of times, and he doesn't like, he likes to be alone. And it kind of funny because it kind of reminds me, because there's a house episode in which, and there's a quote from that episode, basically the episode called Ignorance, Ignorance is Bliss, in which they basically find some, uh, uh, basically a quantum physicist who's super smart, but he actually been like self-medicating himself to make himself dumb, because he was tired of being alone. Yeah. And then there's one conversation with him in which they're t him and House were talking because they're both pretty much very smart. Like, the guy's a genius, and House is pretty much up there. And he's like, and the guy goes, and they're talking about being smart, and he goes, it's lonely, isn't it? Basically referring to being smart up there. And House basically goes, it's not that bad. And then the guy runs, and then goes with, then you're not that smart. <laughs> and it's just one of those... When you get to a certain level, which we see with a lot of people with genius, and especially because the guy was a child prodigy within the episode, with child prodigies and very smart, yeah. high intellectual people, that having connection and being able to translate into talking to people without being coming one coming off with a dick or anything, it's just super hard. Yeah. And you by far know you're the smartest person around. Is that why you identify with him? Possibly. <laughs> I say that in a loving way. And, like, and, and in all honesty, like, 
that really fits into him being based off of Howard Hughes because Howard yeah. Hughes at the end of his life he locked himself in his house and refused to see anybody he was obsessive compulsive he had I mean alcoholism is rampant yes. within really intelligent or just intellectuals in general um, like all of this like it really just kind of circles around to like the type of loneliness that you put in yourself when you act that way to people yeah so I mean besides possibly the PTSD stuff pretty much all the other four things are pretty much a lot of high level intellectual people yeah. suffer from quite a bit yeah. And I mean, one, I really love that episode, and I really love that quote. And then when going through talking about Tony, that's one thing that always stuck, like reminds me of that. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to sum it up. I, I, I had like I thought about it a little, but I always thought about more about like him like refusing to get attached because you know all this bad stuff happens around him, and he knows the bad side of the world. But kind of like hearing that quote, like it totally makes sense. Like it's not something that Tony can turn off. Right. Like, that is just who he is. And it can be frustrating when you're trying to explain and talk to people and you're just like, they yeah. don't understand you and you just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and from the other side, like, Pepper probably has to, like, do a lot of translating from what he's saying so that she can actually understand what's happening. Yeah, no. It totally, like, talking to other people, because obviously they talk with Banner and stuff, and they do definitely, like, especially when they do it the way they do it in the MCU. Science bros! Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but if you take out Banner, I mean, Cap pretty much has nothing... I mean, even Pepper. I mean, much. Say it to me straight, Tony. Yeah, <laughs> I understood that reference. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's definitely one of those. I don't know. I just really love that quote, and it yeah. definitely is all one. I've always loved it just from the way it portrayed in the show and how it's done, yeah. and from an intellectual point, and then obviously on to some of his problems. I also, I also think that just really humanizes him. Because it's not like, and it, it, it just brings me back to this whole like I just saw it on Twitter. Or, and you actually, you found it in doing your research that, like, Tony's the real villain of the MCU. Like, no, like, Tony just doesn't know how to, one, trust people to do other things, so he thinks it all falls on him. And two, he just doesn't know how to keep people around him. Like, that's just his natural setting. Yeah, and, and those wow. and those critiques and stuff, because I don't, I don't read them because I think they're stupid. Uh, but, like, is it ever, like, oh, Tony's just white male privilege and he's rich and he shouldn't be sad kind of things. Like, no, is that they, ever like brought up ever? Well, there is, like, one long Twitter thread that got dragged across Twitter, like, by everybody. Like, you, the people who call out white male privilege dragged that dude for days because the way Tony is set up, and Matt's going to finish it here with his arc, like, that's not what Tony is. Like, Tony is damaged and wounded and, like he is a certain way and that's his character type but in like so like in the the, the the specific article i'm referencing it just says specifically that because of all the thing all the mistakes tony has made that's why he's bad that's why he's the villain because everything is around him versus villains do stuff because they want to do bad things and not tony's motives were really good and his intentions drove him to be this way, and he's completely eaten by guilt, and that's why he, like, I don't agree with him in the Sokovia Accords, but that's what leads him to do that. And, like, literally that white male privilege thing was, it, it's a woke bro take. It's equivalent to poet sexist, essentially. No, that, that is one thing that I don't, least with Tony, I see the dick part, and people don't like that, and sometimes don't identify that, but definitely don't see that part hardly no. ever. I think, yeah. Especially because, like, when it comes to critiquing him, like, and I think one of our fan, but why though said it, like, he uses his privilege for good. 
so he's not in a position where he's not actively helping people and doing things so, like that that take is just so cold it just it needs to go yeah i've never seen it anywhere but just like being on twitter for the last year and seeing woke stuff everywhere i'm surprised i don't see more of it no it's like just, tony it, like, just being like oh he's just a rich white guy whose parents died he should suck it up kind of thing well, I think that, that that really is just a like it's a credit to how he is written because most of the people who do put takes out are only referring to the MCU and by far that is not the take. Like the way he is written, people understand who he is. And that's not like that's that that is on nobody's radar and they will call people out for that. Yeah, which leads to pretty much the last part which makes it interesting of his character. Uh, basically, this a lot of his arcs is overcoming all these prof, uh, problems in like his lifestyle and changing. Because basically, once he gets kidnapped, he basically does a three sixty in his life. Where basically, he besides I want to be Iron Man, I care for people, I want to use all my resources to helping people. I mean, he goes about by making weapons all the time, but it's like, yeah, he kind of starts like I'm not going to get my tech, get my weapons out anymore. Yeah. And like I said, does as we've said plenty of times at this point. He tries to do what's best, and sometimes it's detrimental. A lot of the times it's detrimental. Um, but that, but that, that honestly, like, that goes, like, what, so what happens is, like, Tony's arrogance, like, he's still arrogant. Tony still believes that he holds the key and can do it all. The only difference is, is that he is trying, he's not doing it for himself. Like, the arrogance isn't for himself. Like, the arrogance is filled with, like, guilt for all the stuff, like all the harm he caused with his weapons. All right, so let's move into basically the pretty much main, but why though, or pretty much how everybody knows him now of the Marvel Cinematic Cinematic Universe, known as the MCU. And then we get to Iron Man, two thousand eight, starts everything. And basically, this movie comes out, makes five hundred eighty-five million dollars, which doesn't seem like a lot, but it's pretty good especially when you add inflation because i went to that movie for five dollars and 75 cents he has the ticket it's on our twitter yes and has a rotten tomato score of 94 percentile i love this movie and the funny thing about this because everybody talks about like this movie because i know i didn't realize until later that they were like worried and risked like marvel putting this movie out and everything i guess it's one of those things where i was like i knew this was gonna be good i was excited for this and i didn't really think this was that big of a risk as they thought and obviously, I don't do all the research and data at the time or anything else, but I was just like, I knew this movie was going to be good. Yeah. Yeah, I knew this was going to be great, and it was. Yeah. I mean, and this may be a little repetitive for our Patreon for our Patreon patrons, but, like, Marvel was really worried. Like, they did a whole... They spent a whole bunch of money on focus groups making sure that this was going to land because they knew that uh, Kevin Feige... Or, I'm probably saying it wrong. It's probably Feige. Is it Kevin Feige or Feige? I don't know. It's one of the two. Like, he has, like, been on, like, record saying, we only have B-listers. We got to make people care. And Robert Downey Jr. was also an insurance risk. (laughs) Yes, which is also why people love him playing Iron Man so much, because he literally... He fits it! He pretty much almost has lived Iron Man at this point. He is Tony Stark, (laughs) which is amazing about this universe, because Chris Evans is Captain America, fighting to good fights... And you know, can we he like is Tony Stark. Is this a Captain America episode? No, but then why do we keep talking about Captain America right they're, now? Because they're they're foils to each other. Yeah, Iron Man's better. It's perfect. <laughs> sit down, Adrian. But anyways, so this movie came you sit out. Sit down. <laughs> I am. So you see what I did there? 
<laughs> you know, who, you know who can really book. sit down? This movie deserves a lot of respect, and unless you're Tobey Maguire and Sam Raimi, everybody can sit down. They talk about all these damn movies coming out and blah, 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 thing. Without this movie, you get nothing. Yeah. yeah, I think it's super important, this movie, too, because this came out the same year that Dark Knight came out, which is, yes. like, heralded as, like, the best comic book move ever, movie ever, which doesn't really age well. And, like, it still did well despite coming out the same year and still kicked off the MCU despite coming out, like, the same year that, you know, DC was on a whole other universe, basically. Yeah. No, I, I think that, that that gets overlooked a lot. Like, this... This is, this is, this is that foundation moment. Like... It was so well done. And Marvel, like, now keeps, in Tony's character, constantly keeps referring back to this movie. They should. Well, like, yeah. I feel like... The continuity is perfect. Yeah. This movie apparently had two Oscar nominations as well. For what? I believe it was vi- visual effects and sounding... Uh, sounding something. Whatever sound the sound, something. Whatever the sound one is. <laughs> I don't know. They give out so much random stuff. Everybody gets an award. <clears throat> Except for the movie you want it to, and then you got to yell about it. <laughs> Shape of Water. Anyways, so yeah, so this movie comes out, big hit, everything else, bam, and then we have the Incredible Hulk, I believe, comes out, which no longer exists, and then mm-hmm. Iron Man Two comes out in 2010, makes 624 million. Apparently, it's only 73 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It does get an Oscar nomination. For, I believe, visual effects as well. And then Iron Man 3 comes out in 2013, makes $1.2 billion. This is also in 2013. And basically an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes and has one Oscar nomination. How in the hell is Iron Man 3 ranked higher than Iron Man 2? In money or in Rotten Tomatoes? No, 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 no. The the, the viewer score. That is is Rotten Tomatoes, the quote-unquote, I'm a critic... Okay. Quote, unquote, I got a bag I somewhere. Mean, like, that being said, I don't think Iron Man 3, is, like, the first half, when you're dealing with all the Tony drama and stuff, it's really, really good. And then you have that Mandarin reveal, and it goes to shit. I think it's just the, it's the Doctor Strange thing. That Mandarin thing was just horrible. Yeah. But see, the difference is, like, people don't really talk shit about Doctor Strange. They just kind of forget about him. But this is also the third movie of this. Yeah, that's true. I'm just... How did, I didn't know this movie made a billion dollars. Is the yep. thing that makes me more tripped out. Like... This All the stuff about, like, theaters. Black Panther making a billion dollars. But I'm like, oh, but so did Iron Man 3. So, like, now, like, my billion dollar thing just feels so undercut because Iron Man 3, the worst movie of, like, one of the worst movies of this franchise made a billion dollars. I don't understand how. Well, how I did it make a billion dollars? Well, I think also it's because it's Iron Man. And it was the closing of his arc because he was only, like, at, like, at that point you already knew and they, like, Marvel had already said, every like, they're getting trilogies. And so, like, this was supposed to be the Yeah, but you don't make a billion dollars with, like, one-time viewings, though. Like, you make a billion dollars if people go back multiple times and tell their friends to go watch it. I didn't tell anyone to go watch this movie when I saw it. I didn't even see this movie in theaters because it was a transition time of me moving. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. But, But I also think, too, like, this is also, like, at, like, the peak, like, peak MCU because Avengers comes out right before this and this is the movie after that. This is also that true. makes sense. Yeah, so, yeah this like, is also this, true. Like, so this doesn't undercut Black Panther because literally it's coming off that Avengers hype. Like, oh, so there it is. $805 million foreign. Yeah. That's how you make a billion dollars. <laughs> we yeah. only have $400 million domestic. Yeah. That's crazy. Which leads to the basically the next thing of basically in total it made $2.4 billion, 
which apparently it's considered a quote-unquote franchise because of the movies, mm. and it's 23rd overall. That's why they call it, that's why they're calling it the biggest crossover in history. And essentially it's funny because when you consider The Hobbit and Dark Knight are the only like other trilogies in this time frame, because all the other franchises ahead of them are like, you know, like James Bond. And Number like, 20. Yeah, like 25 movies, Star Wars, 12 movies or something like that. It's only uh, the only ones that actually made more money than they did, or than Iron the Iron Man did within this like you know set of movies. Which is also weird because the Dark Knight and Batman essentially have quote unquote two different franchises, even though they're based on the same character. Yeah, which is weird. It's like it's done into like eras and segments, and it's super crazy. Well, it's funny because all the Spider Man movies are lumped together, including the Amazing ones. Yep. That is that is slanderous. That's what I'm saying. They're all lumped together, <laughs> but yet the Batman and Dark Knight trilogy are yeah, apparently two different things. That's really things. weird. And this, when you, this is also like not episode related, but like Iron Man, th- Wonder Woman barely made more money than I. I Iron told Man you. Three made more money than Civil War domestically. Yeah. Yeah. Who the hell? <laughs> How? Yeah. I think this is where Who? we go. Like money Who is did great, that? but does it matter? Who the. F- that yeah. just makes no sense to me. I'm yeah. so blown away by that. I mean, Iron just think about numbers. how much money Batman v Superman made. Yo, Civil War made less foreign than Iron Man 3 did. That is actually confusing. I swear to God, like, Infinity War better, like, blow shit out of the water. Because I'm so... I need, I need Iron Man 3 off my top ten list for, like, <laughs> making money. This shit is stupid. Well, I mean, Infinity War already broke the pre-sale record in, like, six freaking hours. Fucking so. more than Guardians 2, more than Spider-Man 1, Are you more than right Homecoming. It just doesn't make any moment? sense. Like, I just want, I want to know who repeatedly went to go watch Iron Man 3 and then make sure they step on Legos the rest of their life. Cause it makes no sense that that movie should be seventh on, like, the superhero box office mojo list domestically. It's but, crazy. And, it's, crazy. Anyway. it's better than Thor 2. I don't even want to know where Thor two is on this list. I would, I would, I would rather watch Iron Man three over Thor and Thor two. Also, this is really weird that they consider Iron Man a franchise because for like media franchises, the MCU is counted as one whole thing. Yeah, it's on number one. But then if you scroll down the list, Iron Man's right there. Captain America's (laughs) right there too. (laughs) No, I mean that's just what it makes no sense. Which is funny because more than Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I'm so confused. <laughs> I'm so confused just because, like, Iron Man 2 wasn't as good as Iron Man 1. So, like, why would they think Iron Man 3 would be better? Because Avengers. I don't... I, uh, Avengers, I don't. Was, Avengers was, one, an amazing movie. Two, that was like a team whole up, everybody year later, been. though. It's movies! You're it's always a waiting a whole later. year for things. So, like, you see Iron Man and the Avengers, in which he is phenomenal, and then you're going to get... Iron Man 3, a year later, you're gonna show up to see him. I know I did. I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I did. And obviously, people making $1.2 billion did. So, there you go. Crazy. Just craziness. Like, had Avengers not come out right before it, I don't, like, I don't see it happening. This is is interesting. The Dark Knight Rises made less foreign, like, by $200 million. But I think people would argue that, like, Dark... But, like, uh, in terms of hype at the time, Dark Knight had way more hype. Ah, this is so... This is just so interesting. Yeah. Money's weird. Money's weird. 
How do we judge movies now? I don't even fucking know anymore. Which, if you let me get to my last damn two points, I'll prove on judging movies as well. So, speaking of that, besides the fact that Batman and Dark Knight are somehow considered two different franchises, despite they're the same character, which doesn't make any sense, um, when you actually take adjusted inflation, it beats The Hobbit out. But then Avatar, which somehow is a movie franchise, which accordingly has four movies, despite the last three have not been released, beats all three of these franchises with one movie. (laughs) 3D, man. 3D. So Avatar, the one movie alone, is probably like number 18th highest like franchise. Money is weird. (laughs) Can we put that on a shirt? Can we put money is weird on a shirt? Yeah, money is super weird. I'm just so confused by all of these numbers. Iron Man, at the time that he did this, this was unheard of. Now, this is pretty commonplace, and I think we have, like, when it comes to judging movies to, like, answer that question, I think we have to take multiple things into account. Like, what was the drop-off the second week? Who, like, did it stay number one for multiple times? Did it make a lot, both foreign and domestically, like, like and kind of count that all in together to get, like, a picture of how good the movie is? Like, we have to use multiple factors. I just think if you're a comic book movie and you don't make about $800 million, I think you fail. Accurate. <laughs> I mean, maybe seven hundred to be nice, but yeah. I, I'd put like six, seven. That's probably better because like they're about like with the amount of marketing they do, they probably need to make like three to four hundred to make their money back. Yeah, but it's just nothing these days. Yeah. Anyway, Marvel's killing it right now, and that's all anybody needs to know. Yeah, which then leads to, obviously, that's just his solo movies. So I kind of want to talk about, like, obviously we have The Avengers he plays a huge role in. Civil War he plays a huge role. Like I said, these are just his solo movies, not including all the other movies yeah. he stars in. What's the entire worth of the Marvel franchise? Uh, Fourteen, like, billion dollars. Like, as far as, like, box office thing. Yeah. Like, around 14, uh, 14, 15 billion dollars. It's good to be a Marvel fan. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I expect so many ads. Yeah. But, uh, but no, I guess just the crazy thing about Iron Man 2, per se, is, as much as in all these other movies, is like we kind of talked about Robert Downey Jr. kind of like taking the Tony Stark persona, yeah. played it amazing. And he's obviously, besides maybe uh, the new Doctor Strange, probably the best actor of the MCU. Yeah. You just need Iron Man 1 to see that, but Civil War, that last scene, Iron Man is just, oh, my heart, my heart I think heart Adrian hurts. died from numbers. Yeah, I'm just dying over here, to be <laughs> honest. I'm just so dead. Yeah. I'm just going to attribute to to Robbie Downer Jr. to keep it on track of what we're talking about. I think I just think he just, he, he's put, he puts butts in seats. I'm not going to lie. Because to be honest, like, if Iron Man 4 came out, I don't care what the story plot is. I'm, I'm there opening weekend. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say, too. Like, Iron Man 3 wasn't bad because of Robert Downey Jr. Like, Robert Downey Jr. acted the hell out of Iron Man 3, especially because he has PTSD, the alcoholism, and, like, all of his, like, conflicts with everybody. He acts the hell out of it. It's that stupid damn twist that, eh, there's more, that is terrible. Yes. Well, one more time? The, the what? Eh, there's more. <laughs> it's funny when you can see her do it. <laughs> But no, 
Because there has been some talk about, especially the 10-year thing and doing all the stuff, like, would Iron Man be as well, like, this year, you know, coming back, or if they did everything? And kind of like Adrian said, I guarantee it, you put Iron Man 4 in there, I think you easily topped up. And I think even Iron Man 1, you put this now with the way comic book movies is. Yeah. Like, that's why, I don't know, maybe it bugs me when people talk about this stuff. I'm like, literally Iron Man 1 not only started this, made this, succeeded with this. Yeah. Because, like... You can talk about the money, per se, but... I don't know. You're like, just not doing this with a lot of other characters. Well, like, if you remove it from money, huh. like, if we just look at, like, the the scene that Iron Man was in was you had failing franchises. So, like, Iron Man pretty much, like, reinvigorates a comic book movie because X-Men was failing, uh, Sam Raimi, the uh, Spider-Man was, like, Spider-Man 3 was trash. I believe that... Also came out this year, that year, or year before. I thought it came right before. Right before. Uh, right before. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying it came out. But I'm talking about like he was talking about like the Dark Knight came out with this, and I'm like, Spider-Man well, yeah. Three literally just released probably like not that much yeah. earlier. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like it has like behind it, it has a whole bunch of failures. Yeah. And like that, like for it to do what it did, by it like pretty much reinvigorating people and like coming back and building out this universe like that, that is special. And like he kind of made like. I, the movie Iron Man made it so that we can get the comic book movies now and that like it's cool to be a nerd and it's cool to know about superheroes and it's cool to pull out random superhero facts and I make my background for my computer at work different superheroes so people can talk to me about them because it's cool yeah movies that come out before this uh, that are probably like the biggest notable ones uh, X-Men Less Stand in 06 Superman Returns in 06 yep um Ghost Rider in 07, yep. Spider-Man 3 in 07, and then um, Silver Surfer in 07. So it's like three not very good superhero movies that That's come out right I'm before <laughs> Iron Man comes out. Like, not even yeah. not good. Like, three te- like terrible super movies. Like, superhero movies that people make fun of to this day. I swear, if you could put an extra 45 minutes, 30 minutes on Spider-Man 3, I bet you'd get a decent movie. I might die on that hill. Uh, you're going to be dying there alone. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man 2 is the best Spider-Man movie, but Spider-Man 3 is garbage. I know. You got that, like, that little, like, emo, emo Toby dance. You get an amnesia from those parts. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I will say this. When it comes to MCU, I love Captain America and the MCU a whole bunch. I love a whole bunch of characters in the MCU. But Tony Stark is the best written character in this entire universe. 10 years, 18 movies. Tony Stark is the best written. Maybe it's because he's the first, but his arc, he has a full arc in his movies. He has a full arc across the franchise. Like, it, it's just, it's amazing what they did with him. Yeah, it's a full consistent arc, right? Like, yeah. Thor, Thor 2, and Thor Ragnarok are not the same Thor. Exactly. And not the same Thor through character development. They're not the same Thor because they're just written differently. Exactly. But Tony Stark is different, but through, you know, actually well-written stuff. Yeah. So you're you're right on the money. Yeah. Like, and I would... Captain America is the same Captain America from the first Avenger movie. No, he's not. Yeah, he's, he's the same dude. He just has not. a beard. He just has a beard now. He's still, he's still Wonder Bread. I ask for all of my people to rise up from Twitter and to attack Adrian on this. Cause it's oh, attack not, me on it's it. Not true. Please, please do. It's not because Captain America. Can you like America... the podcast instead of talking about your damn Twitter for this episode? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, no, Captain... Nobody cares about your Twitter anymore. We talking Iron Man and not Captain America. 
Not he just, Twitter. No, he no, Iron he Man. just said stuff about Captain America and like it's like it's not like Captain America in the first Avenger movie would have totally signed signed the accords. Like that would have totally happened. Which we didn't get to talk about because he's talking about the Twitter. Which leads to the weird part of essentially Civil War, which we kinda already mentioned and skipped over, but it is in and we mentioned that he was selected for it. Which we kind of talk about this whole arc of stuff, and it's so weird looking at all of Tony's flaws and all the characters and how he is. It's still hard. I know how they do it in MCU, and the comics is a little different per se, but the way he flips of what he does for wanting to sign the act, which unfortunately gets lost in that whole entire Civil War movie because of the whole Bucky situation, but it's still weird that he's still on that side because it's one time I have to actually choose Captain America. Yeah, I, I think, like, the reason, like, the MCU did it in such a way that, like, because in the opening scene, right, like, he's confronted by that mom with her kid, and, like, he just, like, he carries, like, each death, like, he feels like he is responsible for it. And so that, like, crippling guilt, like, makes him want to do this. Yeah, in the MCU, they do it a pretty good yeah. job of doing it. But, like I said, sometimes, at least from what way I've understood and, like, always like read within the comic of how they've done it yeah it is weird that he goes straight that way yeah i can definitely see that i, I do think the mc does a great job with him though and i do think captain america's side gets lost from the comics in the mcu whereas in the comics you lose iron man's side but you get it in the mcu yeah that's the only thing that bugs me about civil war is the fact that one is kind of very compressed and two you lose that whole like what the actual civil war was about yeah because it turns it, into this whole like bucky thing yeah it just turns into you killed my parents not let's actually talk about the registration act which is really really bad and what the entire civil war is about and yeah. not Tony Stark's parents. So if there's a knock on Civil War to that, that I don't like that it turns into that. Yeah. I think that's a common criticism. I think it's an accurate one, too. So yeah. Alright. So is there anything else before we can get to the last but all of our fan but why those? Uh, nope. Alright. What's your favorite Iron Man suit? Um, I do like the suits in Iron Man 3. I'm just going to go out there and say that. I, I kind of like the fleet of Iron Man suits. <laughs> All of the Iron Man suits? Yeah, I kind of like those because you get a whole bunch of different ones. Uh, I think I still might like the first one the most. I will say this. The I do clunky not, one? No, nah, not those. Nah. They, I know they make it better and better. The main thing I think about when a suit is I hate the triangle. Uh, I like the circle. So, okay, so extremist armor is the triangle. Like, so that's three. Yeah. When you get the extremist armor, which extremist is actually my favorite armor. So I like a lot of the armor, especially considering now that we have, like, from eight, 2008 to 2018, you can, one, between the tech upgrades and, like, how they can show it and what they can show it, they can all do. Obviously, it looked different, improved, but it just still bugs me that he has a triangle. <laughs> yeah, and I'll say, I really like Hulkbuster. Like, that scene oh, is dope. Is good. Yeah. Hulkbuster it is so is good. amazing. It's amazing in the comics, and it is amazing in the movie. Giving me a circle. <laughs> I will say this. So, like, um, I love Bleeding Edge armor in the comics, because Bleeding Edge armor is made out of nanobites, and so, like, that's how yeah, it, like, forms great. on himself, and it's really awesome, and it has a really great design in the comics. In Infinity War, it looks like he has Bleeding Edge armor, but it's so ugly. So ugly. 
Yeah, we're going to see. Because we didn't actually talk about all the crazy stuff that goes into comics. Like, he basically starts injecting himself with different random things to help his nervous system. Then it ends up eating him with all those nanobites and all this other stuff to, like, basically I can feel that tech can solve all of my problems. Yeah. Which is probably one of, like, his greatest, like, downfall type things. Yeah. Like, he relies too heavily on his tech in a lot of instances. I think you kind of get a little in the movie. He doesn't inject himself and go, like, that far, but, like, you like it, you have it where he's dying and he's, like, drinking those shakes or whatever. But it's, <laughs> but it's like, not as, like, heavy as it is in the comics. Yeah. All right. So, to get to some fan, but why those? And these are basically for people that you may not know Iron Man, but you love him now. Or you have a thought on him, at least. And I need to remember what that was. Or what matters to you is just from the MCU. Yes. It's probably a better thing to say. Yeah. So the first one, Tony is proof that a genius, a playboy, a Philip, 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 can you read the Philanthropist. Word? Philanthropist. Doesn't mean he yeah. has all the answers. He's human, very flawed, impulsive, not particularly empathetic. He's not a great leader, even though I think he'd like to be always in Cap's shadow. Thanks, Dad. Because his dad always <laughs> talked about Cap. Yeah. Um, at Cheryl. Gustafson. Gustafson. I apologize for your names. All right, next one is, because I walked into the theater simply doing my duty as a comic book reader to see all comic book movies. I get that, but it kind of bugs me when people say stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Anyways, uh, because I walked into the theater simply doing my duty as a comic book reader to see all comic book movies, and I walked out of the theater as a theater a Marvel fan, until then and only read Batman comics, definitely brought in my scope at... Jockport. Oh, Jockport. I was going to say Jack. All right, Jock Port. Um, a lot of people don't like Iron Man 3, but I love that oh, movie. Oh, no, wait, is it Jackie Port? Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, I didn't is know. Is it Jackie? I thought so. Jack? I think Jackie? it's Jacques. Jacques? All right, next one. A lot of people don't like Iron Man 3, but I love that movie because of how it dealt with Tony's PTSD and anxiety. I think Tony obviously had a lot of demons and self-medicates. I appreciate that in his storylines. At Lizzie Lynn Garcia. Comic-wise, not even... Top 10 characters for 2008, 2007. Movie-wise, get ready to fight me. Iron One is one of the most... supposed to say Iron Man. It's Twitter. Iron One is one of the most important movies in the last 10 years of cinema. It started what we... It started what we now know as the MCU, which is a cinematic marvel. See what I did there at Indian Parker. I liked it better when I just read about some dude's relationship because it's so much easier to read. You wanted But Why Those. I, I sourced you But Why Those. Uh, he goes from narcissistic, egotistic man to be ready, self-sacrifice by taking a missile through a wormhole to be... through a wormhole to be affected by the death of just one... to being so affected by the death of just one man in Captain America, Captain America Civil, Civil War... That he's ready to go against Cap. He's a good man who learned from his past. It makes him relatable. At what? What do you think? What do you think? That's my favorite one so far. Not gonna lie. Because that going to the wormhole thing, I think, is such an underrated thing that I don't think nearly enough people talk about in his That's character arc. One point two billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. See. But the third act is so bad. Okay. <laughs> but the wormhole is so good. It is. It is. All right. That first film changed the game, floored me. I grew up loving Superman. Robert Downey Jr. made Iron Man more badass than the Man of Steel. Amazing. Also, the scene. Also, this scene in particular was incredible, referring to the tank scene in Iron Man One. 
at McLight Catcher, which obviously we all try it when we did our review. We all try to get a scene, and that is the one scene, unfortunately, that well, not unfortunately, but that everybody knows. Yeah, because yeah, I it's so good. I actually used that GIF for the post that we did for this. Ten so, years later, that is still yeah. probably one of the best scenes. Actually, the CG in Iron Man, I rewatched Age of Ultron recently, is better than the CG in Age of Ultron. It's so good. And it has yeah. no business being that good coming out in 2008. Yeah. Yeah. But There's no excuse for bad CGI in any of these comic book movies now, basically, no. because of that one scene in Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> that is fair. That is fair. I, so I also want to say, like, to what you said, one of the biggest things that I hate, which I love that it sets up this dynamic be- between Cap and Tony. I think you can love them both. I love them both. But what I hate that people do is they're like, well, he he would cut the wire. He wouldn't step on the wire. Or he wouldn't lay he wouldn't lay down on the wire. I'm like, why are you using this as your argument? He has literally sacrificed himself like three times in the MCU already and just so ha- somehow managed to live. See, the funny thing about that argument is I'm totally with totally with tony just cut the wire yeah like why, why are you can go blow ne- yourself up just cut the wire exactly so like you you can't have a whole bunch of people who are just gonna like be happy to kill themselves or like see everything as that being the option but at the same time you can't have a whole bunch of people like standing around thinking so like you need two people that do that which is why it's perfect but also like that's how tony minds that's how tony's mind thinks and it doesn't mean that he's not going to eventually lay on the wire if he can't cut it yeah, I mean, right. like, technically, like, he's probably, I mean, other than, like, the human, the other human characters without body armor, like Black Widow and, um... Oh, you did not just face on Matt's, um, Matt's, Matt, Matt's favorite's name. Uh, what's his name? What's his name? I'm just kidding. Uh, like, Hawkeye, like, you, you don't, <laughs> he, he's, he puts himself in, I know, I'm just giving you a hard time, Matt, I'm just kidding, I love Hawkeye, um... He's like puts himself at risk every time he puts on the suit. Like he puts on the suit to go fight gods. Like he could easily die anytime he puts on the suit. That being said, Black Widow and Hawkeye also fight gods without a suit. So I feel we'll, like that's we'll, not... we'll see. We'll we'll see how that plays out. I already saw how it played out. Fucking Black Widow jumped on that Chitari bike and like wrecked Aliens gods, I I mean Thanos she... is an alien, not a god. She didn't, she didn't fight Thor. She didn't fight Thor. Question is, Iron Man also could they don't, beat don't. Okoye? I, I knew you were going <laughs> to ask that. I knew you were going to ask that. Oh, God. I I knew it. I mean, Black Widow would get her ass kicked. I doubt that very highly. I don't. She 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 stands with Winter Soldier in Civil War for, you know, like five seconds. I think that's five. For I think five that's five seconds. That's five solid seconds. seconds. Without any of her gear, just straight up fighting, hand hand to hand with Winter Soldier, I think that's well, pretty good. Well, Tony lasted longer without any fight training. He had a thing in his hand. His he, he had his little iron hand thing. All I know is give Black Widow an iron hand thing. Let's let's see how let's see how bad she messes people up. I will say this: the really cool thing in Age of Ultron is when she uses Cap Shield and then throws it to him. It's really yeah. cool. Like yeah, yeah, she yeah. literally will pick up any any weapon next to her and just start using it. Yeah, or even in Avengers, like when she picks up like the little shooty sword thingies. The, the what? The shooty sword thingies. I don't know what they're called. I don't know the blaster staff thing. She wrecks with that thing too. But yes, I totally see what you're saying. Like he he doesn't have to be out there, especially with all his money. But he is. Yeah. 
He could easily just fund the team and not ever go. Yeah, how come Bill Gates is an Iron Man? Like that's what I don't, that's what I don't understand. So Elon Musk needs to be Batman. And he's Bill trying. He's got a flamethrower ready for the zombie apocalypse. That's Elon Musk. I know. For I said Batman. he's ready. He's ready to fight. <laughs> I can never picture Elon Musk as Batman. That, that, that's the only person I think is Batman because I think like I think I think of like Elon Musk as more as like more of a doer and like Bill Gates is more of like an Iron Man. We got flamethrowers to fight the zombies. Oh my god. How do we get here? Ooh, you could be Puffy Batman. No. <laughs> Flamethrower. Okay. He could be the first cap the first human sh- torch who was confused whether Oh my god. Flame on or shield me. Oh my god. Go. Oh Jesus. Go. Oh Jesus. Stop. Somebody Make brought up the Silver Surfer movie. Uh Okay. Uh, I want to thank everybody that submitted about why, though. Obviously, Kate will put them on the website. Butwhythopodcast.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So come check it out and check out all the other stuff people, are, all our lovely bloggers are writing. Not right now. Why do you call them lovely? I don't know. Why not? It just, it's, it's funny. It's weird. Okay. All our shitty bloggers are writing. <laughs> I know. Like, what else do you want them to say? <laughs> No, I just like I like I don't really hear him use that word. All those punk ass motherfuckers. <laughs> All y'all little bitch bloggers. <laughs> We're not live anymore, right? <laughs> oh. I'm sorry for calling all our lovely bloggers. <laughs> I, I, I just thought it was funny because I never hear you use that word. So go ahead. All our bitch bloggers. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, so I guess any uh, final thoughts to wrap it up, I guess, here? Um, not for me. I think we pretty much covered everything that I like about Iron Man. Um, we had really great fine but why those? And they kind of said everything that I would say, to be honest. Uh, he's my favorite character in the MCU for sure, and I hope he doesn't die in a month. So I kind of want to end the show at least on one last like quote, and this is from like writer Gary Conway. And I think this explains... I mean, it's probably been heard it before, but I think this explains Iron Man's character, like, probably the best. And basically he says is, here you have this character who, on the outside, is invulnerable. I mean, you just can't be touched, just can't be touched, but on the inside is a wounded figure. Stan, Dan Lee, made it very much an in-your-face wound. You know his heart is broken, you know literally broken, but there's a metaphor going on there, and that's, I think, what makes this character interesting. Yeah. I agree. He's a sad man. Which is like, I saw all this stuff, I knew all this, which is like, one, why I kind of just wasn't surprised this movie, like, very well done, but two, like, the people kept arguing, they didn't know argument, or like, the Iron Man, I guess, technically wasn't big as what he was. Yeah. I don't know, I think think that that's an argument that you'd have to get in with all their citations and shit, but I think ultimately it's just, that's only one realm of what he exists in. No, I mean, I understand that, but, yeah. like, just hearing people, yeah. like, whether it's however much, like, even, like, B-list character, yeah. like, surprising for much as everything. Yeah. I mean, I think, too, I think the ultimate thing is, like, people don't care about him or didn't care about him as much as Spider-Man or the X-Men or Batman or Superman, and now they do. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's fair. That Like, that is, whether it's B or D or C, like, it, like, people 
love him now and that's an accomplishment like he is now the level of those yeah. greats well i guess the main thing that found in it as much as we talk about this including possibly spider or superman every character you mentioned is pretty much broken in some way yeah yeah that's accurate so all right i'm done talking i'm tired of talking get us out of here okay um, as always, you can find, uh, as the, so make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. It helps other people find us, and a five star is the best thing you can do for us right now. Um, if you want to hear exclusive content like our Iron Man movie review, head on over to patreon.com slash butwhythopc. At the $3 level, you get that and all of our further exclusive episodes. And you should join the conversation with us. Give us your fan, but why those? If you have one you want to add to this episode or a past one, I'll put it on the website, butwhythopodcast.com. And to get that to us, find us at butwhythopc on Instagram and Twitter and on Facebook, facebook.com slash butwhythopc. And you can find me at ohmymythrandier on Twitter and Instagram. I wonder how many people actually make it to my outros after you say all that. I don't know. If it's like me, I, I turn off podcasts once they're done. Like, not. I don't listen to any of you know that what? stuff. You know keep doing it anyway. Somebody will hear it one day. <laughs> Adrian? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at SuperReese93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z, 93. Matt? You can find me at 221B, Baker Street. I know that one. I would hope you would know that one. Yeah. I understand that reference. <laughs> I'm glad everybody can join me one day. We'll make some tea. <laughs> and we're out. Bye-bye.